Risky to turn one off because it might be the wrong one. Great. Should we message Teresa to double check oh, oh, first? I think it's live. We're started? Yay! I think it's live. <laughs> I think. There we go. I think it actually got loads of us talking about Jane Austen. Uh, Jane oh, Austen. Cool. So if you caught that, if you like, if we're way behind and you caught Jessica, Jessica and I were probably the literature nerds on the staff, right? I can't think of like At in least, terms like, of the like. Vocal ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and certainly in terms of like romantic fiction or fiction in general I, I don't romantic fiction probably like not so much as yeah. far as like a solid romance novel no 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 sorry romantic <laughs> as opposed to romance i think yeah. there's a distinction i hope anyway yeah not like like the romantics not the romance yeah two dollar from safeway <laughs> romance novel. i read those all the time no yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely we were just nerding on jane austen yeah. and all those different things trying and, to guess uh, if it was live or not which you know and, and we kind of figured it out yeah. so if you stuck with us through that then great um now just let's talk about jesus yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> i mean although you've just finished your annual lord of the rings perusal which i feel is like as close to talking about the bible Without talking about the Bible in literature, like it's like, you right. know, not not like specifically Christian literature. Exactly, yeah. like it's like it's right there with the like the, all the different things. That are, and I'm still stuck way back at the beginning, so I'm, I've got loads of of joy in front of me. Um, so we get to talk this week about well, actually about about a couple of subjects. Um, we get to talk about your sermon from this week, which was which was wonderful. Please. And you just bring yourself to to that as well, which I, I mean, and we've talked about this before, but I love that um, because I think there can be a tendency when uh, when you're preaching uh, to 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 be somebody else. Like oh, yeah. I think that definitely comes out. Um, I I my grandmother said to me when I was or said to my my mom when I was born, oh, he's going to be John Billy Graham Wesley. Um, which is so much to live up to. Um, and like two very different people. Also. Two very different people as well. And there's not, fortunately, there's not a lot of audio of John Wesley preaching, you know, right. in 1789 or whatever. But um, there is a lot of Billy Graham. Yeah. And we used to watch Billy Graham's Gospel Hour or whatever it was called. And um, so to watch that like very or oratory style and uh, like just this compelling person. There was a temptation to say, I'm going to try and be that person. And unfortunately, some wise person came along and said, um, well, actually, you don't have to be that person. God made you you for a reason. Yeah. So have you? how have you wrestled with that tension? Was that easy for you to just adopt like your own sense of... Sense of style? Yeah. Um, I mean, I... So I have preached before, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, I mean, yeah, you've preached. Preached in the seminary, uh -huh. got to preach um, three years ago now um, at South before. Yeah, 2020, July 2020, when we were still recording videos and on lockdown. Um, but then you preached at and then I preached, Advent, right? Yeah, yes, Advent. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember when I was preparing for the Advent sermon, one of the things that clicked in my mind just a couple of days before I got up to actually preach was that I'm not there to fill in for you. Mm -hmm. I'm there to pastor this congregation. Yeah, and totally. Share yeah. what God has. Yeah. Done. And that relieved a lot of the, okay, like, 
Alex has a lot more quotes than this. Like all of the, okay, like, do I need to like, you know, be a little more high energy and active? Um, which like, I didn't even have the physical energy to do at that point. Yeah. Um, but that took a lot of that pressure of, okay, I don't need to match the style. Just do whatever. And that was something that I tried to keep in mind this time from pretty early on in the process of like, I'm not just there to fill in for Alex on vacation. Uh Sorry, everybody. Yeah. I'm there to pastor South fellowship. Uh-huh. This congregation that I love yeah. and has something to say to something to. Yes. And just focus on what that is. I love that. And, and I think there's actually this beauty, isn't there, that there's people that will hear like something from you and your style and what you bring that would, wouldn't receive that same thing from me. That right. there's, you know, there's that like, even when we think about the subject that we'll, we'll get to in a moment of like, uh, of, of rest and, and all the things that you, you went into there. Uh, I'm not a particularly restful person to listen to. Uh, <laughs> I tend to hop around on stage too much. And I actually had someone ask me not long ago, they said, have you thought about doing like, you know, as like a side hustle or whatever, doing um, like consulting for other churches and pastors? And I was like, no, like, what would I even say? Like, I used to get terrible marks in homiletics class because almost everything I do is wrong in terms of the received like way of doing that. And there can be a push in, in, I think in certain seminaries Mm -hmm. to to try and create a certain style of preacher. Yeah. Well, at Denver seminary, uh which is where I went, they do teach you a specific style, big idea. preaching, Um, And they, they do say they're very upfront. Like you might choose at your church in the future, whatever to adopt a different style. Uh That's okay. Yeah. For the purposes of this class, like, we want you to understand why we find this has value and like how to be able to do it and then go do whatever you want. Yeah, that's great. I, I mean, and I, I, I actually got worried for a while um, because I wouldn't describe what I do as big idea preaching. I would describe it as meandering, <laughs> wandering, whatever. And I actually, I, I, it was the guy that gave me some sense of being okay with who I am in that respect particularly, was actually Erwin McManus. And okay. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of his sermons, but he's, for those of you who don't know, he's a pastor out in um, in California, works with a lot of people in the movie industry, and, and he would say he operates in a similar way. And, and he said the reason he believes it works today is people are used to, like, grabbing bits of information from all over the place yeah so they used to like twitter feed oh that's one thing oh that's a new thing oh that's another thing that's a real oh that's a real that's a real so they can the the brain is now wired to grab um now that would explain why i i do get occasionally people especially from an older generation that would say can you not concentrate it down to like more for us because if they're not experiencing that brain wiring that says no i'm comfortable right flicking from one channel to another really quickly right and you meet those people don't you that if you've ever sat with someone who's on netflix looking for a movie and they're just like skipping through super fast and you're like can you slow down i need to see all the options yeah Yeah. and, and you're just going too fast yeah but we are like we can probably all do that faster than someone would have been able to do 20 years ago when they yeah. would peruse slowly in blockbuster video reading every right. cover and kind of trying to take in the details. Yeah. Um, so I, I do love that you, you came and you just brought yourself 
Um, and, and I just heard so many people that just said it was just, it was just wonderful to hear on that level. And I think he brought this beautiful element of restfulness to a passage that at least is somewhat unrest. Yeah. So, so remind us again, what, what was the passage? And I have no ability to bring it up um like aaron might because yeah. <laughs> we're, we're relying without aaron this week and you know we're, we're technologically vaguely competent without him right and i don't have it memorized but um matthew 11 25 through 30 uh-huh. um core 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 passage though was jesus invitation to to people right was that the um so the actual full lectionary passage was Matthew eleven sixteen through 19, which okay. is the parable of the children in the marketplace. Yes. You don't want to engage with each other's games. Uh-huh. And 11, 25 through 30, 25 through 27, Jesus is praising God for um, how the truth of who God is and what Jesus is doing. God has chosen to hide from those who mm. consider themselves wise. Yeah. And will then miss out on the truth of what God is doing and has revealed those, revealed the truth to those who will come like little children. Yep. Um, the ones who do want to participate. And Jesus himself, because he knows God in this relational way and ultimately is God himself in the flesh, can be the one to reveal that truth. Yes. Um, and then it goes into 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Um, easy yoke rest for your souls that very famous uh-huh. passage that again i do not have memorized <laughs> but, um so that that and for those of you that don't come to south you may not have heard we're doing this season on on where we're following the lectionary this kind of document mm-hmm. on teaching for the church that has been around and and lutheran churches particularly follow it pretty closely but it gives five passages it every depends week, a little bit on six, the week yeah. like yeah. five to seven yeah, and and so you had options. Yes. Do you remember any of the other options? Was <laughs> there anything the that option. like glued um, you to this one? Other options, um, Genesis twenty four, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. Rebecca being selected to be Isaac's wife. Okay. Going yeah, back. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, I didn't know what to do with that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and really had to make it into a sermon, so I didn't really want to. Yeah, because because the natural correlation to a lot of people today with that would be, hey, just pray for the woman you're supposed to marry or the man you're supposed to marry, and they'll right. turn up at a well somewhere. <laughs> right, like probably where I would have gone with it is like moving forward in faith, like Rebecca does. But um, and then associated with that, there were um, a psalm. I don't remember the number, but it's the psalm that's written to the royal bride. Okay, and the royal marriage. Yeah. Um, and then there's a passage from Song of Songs. I didn't really want to preach Song of Songs. Yeah, that's <laughs> tough yeah. Um, we had also, we just did a series on marriage. Yeah. Um, so that felt like it would have been touching on similar themes that we really just talked about. Um, there was a passage from Zechariah 9, 9 through 12, I think, which is referenced when Jesus enters Jerusalem. Yes. Um, and then an accompanying Psalm of like God's kingship. Okay. I touched on really similar themes and actually touched on that Zachariah yep. passage the last time I preached. Yeah. That felt like I would be saying the same things. Yes. Absolutely. So didn't want to do that. Um, then this Matthew passage and Romans seven, where Paul's talking about how he he does things he doesn't want to do, yes. he doesn't do the things he does want to do. Yeah. So it was the Romans and the Matthew passage that I was ultimately deciding between. Um and as I shared in the sermon, the Matthew passage has some very <laughs> 
practical recent personal implications. He's like, yeah. I feel like I need to, I feel like I needed to lean into that. Uh-huh. Um, and wrestle with Romans perhaps another time. Yeah. And Which I you actually, actually get to do. I first. actually get, yeah, I get Soon. Romans eight and, and you can't really do Romans eight without some of Romans seven. Right. Um, although I was reading Douglas Moo's commentary on Romans uh, as part of this. And he was like, this doesn't really have anything to do with Romans seven. I was like, this is the first time I feel like I disagree with you. Yeah. And I feel like I'm right. All, all of Romans builds on it each does, other. Does like you can't really yeah. just. Be He's like, very much a guy that says Romans five is like the the key like uh, companion yeah. to Romans eight. So anyway, that's for this this Sunday. So you'd you'd locked in on Matthew, and you were knee deep in commentaries. I felt like you, you were like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I had well part of it. Um, there was the yoke passage, uh-huh. and I had been in a meeting a few weeks ago with. Um, Another member of our staff team who had a very specific interpretation of what the yoke is. That Uh was a signifier that rabbis would give to their students to mark, like, you are following me or my disciple. Which is a very compelling interpretation. Uh I could not find that interpretation (laughs) anywhere. And I knew, based on who this person is, who actually turned out to not be there on Sunday, (laughs) to hear this, um, (laughs) that if I presented the yoke and didn't talk about like this yeah. is the interpretation of it they would yeah. come and be like well why didn't you talk about this i think we should just tell everyone it's dan he's very picky about what you <laughs> it's, it's not dan um so i like was reading commentary after commentary uh-huh. like went to the seminary library like the bible dictionaries like word studies trying to find any evidence of this particular interpretation and i couldn't so wow. I'm not going to go up there and preach. Like I heard this one time. <laughs> <laughs> this really cool. This guy which, the, like, that I met in a restaurant once was telling me. About right. Um, and like, you know, to be fair, I had heard that understanding of it before. Yeah. I just couldn't find any kind of support for that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to go preach. Like, yeah, I don't have anywhere to back this up, but someone <laughs> said that, you know, this is a signifier. And ultimately what I came to is like, you know what? There's a bunch of different, even in the text that I could find, the support I could find, mm. there were different interpretations for what the image of the yoke meant, what mm. it was referring to. Ultimately, it was all talking about discipleship. Yeah. So in the end, like that's one of those differences of opinion that ultimately, though, they all come back to the same point yeah. that Jesus is trying to make. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter which interpretation you take. Yeah. You're going to get to... Jesus is talking about discipleship and being his disciple yeah. following him every single day. So, so, so there's also like, to me, the interest, like when I, when I hear that, so, so we know that, yes, probably it's probably not original language to, to Jesus. Like, right. like probably he's not other, just been, he's not Shakespeare creating words yeah, and images. And, yeah. Yeah. It's not the first time someone's heard yoke in the context of, of discipleship. Yeah. Um, so other rabbis probably using something similar. So to me, like the interesting things, one, it definitely seems to mean something to us today. You really got into that in the latter part of the sermon and we'll, we'll get to that. But it probably had an implication for the people that were hearing it right then. Right. Like for his disciples. Yeah. Like, do you think there's anything, did you come across anything that suggests how following Jesus looked different than it did with other rabbis? No, not no. really. Because I, I mean, that's something that always intrigued me. Like you feel like it must have been different. Right. than other rabbis but then you're also like my only reference point for that is probably the chosen 
or something like that. Like I'm like, I'm like <laughs> right, yeah. I, I don't know that I've, I've 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 actually got concrete sense of why it was different. Right. I mean, well, if you look with look at how Jesus interacts with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law at various points through the Gospels, when his disciples are doing something or not doing something, yeah. or the disciples of John are doing something and not, John the Baptist are doing something or not doing something, like that tells you like. It seems like there was a lot more just basic freedom on yeah. like you need to do this. Actually, no, like you're you're with the bridegroom, you're uh-huh. with Jesus himself. Like, yeah, I'm fulfilling all of that. Like, there are way more important things that I'm going to teach you about. Yeah, like even just the probably ethos because the sense, the heart of what even you would have been concerned about by following all those rules and regulations, mm-hmm. at least you know. And the initial intention of yeah. them, Jesus is fulfilling. Yeah, with next absolutely, to you. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. And and I, I, I mean, to me, it was intriguing. Like thinking through, it, it seems like the culture of the days that rabbi is a significant position, and it, it, it at least for lots of people that were really in the the temple cult at the time, like mm-hmm. it gives a little bit more financial income. It's right. it's and, and and of course we know how people. People have never changed in this respect. Like generally, the the, the when you get wealth, you get to distance yourself from people a little bit. You, you perhaps have a few get more to, options. Yeah and, yeah, and you tend to like you say, well, you guys come to me, and I'm going to teach you, and then you go back to wherever you're living. There's all those different elements in play, mm-hmm. and and we see with Jesus really this community of people that right. moves around from one place to another. Right. Um. And I, I was actually reading, I was reading Soren Kierkegaard's Training in Christianity. Um, and he was talking about maybe part of the tension people feel with Jesus is just how low he was willing to lower himself. Mm. So, so we, we today, if we hear about a rich person who gives up their wealth Mm -hmm. and lives as a, as a, a person in a poor community, we kind of think that's a noble idea, but when we see it in practice, like this is ridiculous like you know is this some kind of pride driving you to do this what's what's going on here you're like you know you you could be doing this you could be making a difference in the world and you're here you know operating in this way and and his sort sort of idea was maybe that's what we struggle with with jesus Mm. we're like really like why like this is low this is this is like what's driving you to do this and yet he comes and lives in this poor little jewish backwater um, and and pulls people as disciples who probably no one else wants as disciples. Right. Otherwise, they probably would have been doing other things. Yeah. Yeah. Probably them. not fishermen. Yeah, he's, yeah. He doesn't seem to take disciples from anyone else, other than maybe this hint that some of them have been with John the Baptist. Right. Who himself was a bit of a iconoclast. Like. Right. Like he wasn't doing the normal rabbi thing either. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just fascinating to think through like how how different Jesus is. But but for us today's is, is I think where may, maybe most of your energy landed like what it, yeah yeah which actually like wasn't the initial impetus of the sermon uh-huh. um initially I was trying to do the full lecture passage sixteen through nineteen and twenty five through thirty with the idea that there's so much more going on here yes. especially when you have those two texts together than just the rest passage yeah. which we seem to like zoom in on. Like I remember I used to have this book of like God's promises or whatever yep. that like, you know, you're going through illness, reference these verses, yes, or, like, totally, or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. these verses will like comfort and support you. Uh-huh. And like I 
feel like that rest passage was in like most of those little sections. Yeah. Which again, as I said in my sermon, nothing wrong with going to specific scripture passages for comfort, encouragement, hope, reminder of God mm-hmm. and his, you know, character and like what he says. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but in my initial thought, I was like, okay, we always zoom in on this. There's so much more going on yeah. here than just God will give us rest. Uh-huh. Let's zoom out on what is happening. And then I have this whole like double structure. Like there's this really cool thing that's happening in chapter 11 of like John the Baptist says his disciples to Jesus to ask, are you the one who's to come? He's like asking this question all that happens all through the gospels. Uh-huh. Who is Jesus? And then Jesus like um, talks about the response that has happened so far, like in 16 through 19. Uh-huh. He's been rejected. He and John the Baptist have both been rejected. Yep. And then the outcome, which I didn't even touch on in my sermon, is these towns, these people that they've been walking among who have rejected him in the midst of them uh-huh. will ultimately miss out on the kingdom and be judged. Yeah. And then he goes back to 25 through 30 and does the same cycle again. Who is Jesus? He's huh. God. He's the one who reveals the father to yep. us. Not just Messiah that they were expecting, but this whole other dimension. He tells us how to respond, come to him. And like, he tells us what the outcome is that there will be rest for our souls. I love it. Which is so cool. As a theology nerd, I actually really want to hear this sermon now. (laughs) But the thing is the Sunday before I preached, I realized if I try to talk about all of this, which requires you to talk about all of chapter 11, I can be up there for a couple hours. It's not like I can't make it flow in 30 to 40 minutes. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, And I feel like where I'm being prompted and what God has for our congregation is landing in those last couple of verses anyway. So I'm going to scrap that. I love it. I, I, Cut off the oh first part man. of the lectionary text. Just not even yeah. give a real brief overview because it, it does set up the last section. You do need to at least touch on what's happening. Yeah. But where I thought it wasn't going to land, it actually might be where God wants to land Oh, totally. It. So and gonna and I'm going to give you that. credit for being way more humble than I am. Like, And, and it may not be true, but right now I'm going give to you, give you the credit. of Because I think you tapped on this, this preach attention of, like, it is really nice to be up there and be perceived as being clever <laughs> or as, as being perceived as being um, original or, like, mm-hmm. look at this new idea that's really exciting. Like, that's a temptation, for me at least. Yeah, and I, I don't even know if it's a new idea, but, like, yeah. it just seemed, like, so clear and really, really cool and beautiful yes. what was happening. Yeah. Um, And this bigger picture of who God is, but I also just kept having, this isn't working, what's not working, mm-hmm. what's not working. It's like, oh, because I'm, I'm trying to make too much happen, and my focus might not might not actually be what our congregation needs to hear and, in this moment, in this particular sermon. Yeah. And that, that to me became this key question to ask during sermon prep, like, God, what do your people, even like, what do our people, our community mm-hmm. need to hear from, from you today mm-hmm. or this week? Cause it, cause it's really tempting to, to try and uh, just push out into different ideas and to be complex. And, and I think almost every preacher, especially the more you do it, I think has these moments where you're like, okay, probably bit off a little bit more than the yeah. congregation could chew right maybe even me as well like that yeah. that sense of like you know um so so you picked that passage you landed on that one idea 
like if you were to reiterate for people listening, what, what was the big takeaway like in terms of that passage? Um, when Jesus talks about rest, he's not giving us an out. He's offering us himself. I love it. Can you say it one more time? For uh, when Jesus talks about rest, uh-huh. he's not giving us an out. He's offering us himself. So what, 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 when you read it and you felt the passage, um, what part of everyday life led you there? Cause it's usually to me, at least there's something about everyday life and my mm-hmm. own feelings about a text that get me to that point of saying, oh yeah, that's right. definitely true. Um, I mean, a lot of it had come from previous wrestling that I had already done, which again, I shared this in the story yeah, yeah. too. Um, for the most part, when I had looked at rest, just in my own reading of the passage, even before preparing for the sermon, I had particular ideas of rest means having a break. I shared like, you know, rough couple years mm-hmm. for my family health wise, yeah. um, praying this passage, asking Jesus to give us rest and realizing that, oh, what I mean is I want it to stop. I want us to have a break mm-hmm. from everything that's going on, like health problems and, you know, miraculous healings. If you want to throw that in, yeah. that'd be great. Um, like a, a break, mm-hmm. um, a physical, emotional break yeah. from everything we're dealing with. Um, and that, whether that's your assumption when you see it or not, like we're probably all bringing a, oh, well, this is what this means to the text when we see something like that. Um, but as I did more research, it was clear that no, what Jesus is talking about is rest for your soul, Mm -hmm. like a refreshing of your soul. Yeah. Not, not that things will stop. Not that mm-hmm. you'll feel better even necessarily, yeah. um, but that he's present with us, which also like those three verses right before he's talking about who he is. He's talking about his sovereignty, divinity, that he's the one who can reveal the face of the father to us. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's there to do. Yeah. It, those weren't in isolation. They're mm-hmm. next to each other. He's saying it all together for a reason. Yes, totally. Um, and that really matters. Yeah. So, yeah. And that might not be what you necessarily want to hear in the moment. Yes. It doesn't always feel like that's a better option. Yeah. It does. No, it doesn't. No, no. But that is, at least in this passage, what he is mm-hmm. talking about. And, and it's not, we, we talked really briefly beforehand about, it's not that the Bible doesn't give or scriptural writers and, and God himself don't give permission to actually stop. Right. Some points, because that that is an important part of, of spiritual life, right? Yeah, totally. Like um, Sabbath yeah. is part of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. There's, there's value to it, just regardless. Uh-huh. But yeah, at this point, at least the promise that Jesus is making, what he's offering to us isn't like... Yeah, it's not even like calm in the storm of life. Mm-hmm. It's that he's there present with you and yes. that he will restore you. Yeah, and I think I, I was praying with someone after the service and, and the thing that came to mind was I, I when you think about the yoke um, image, uh, when you think about the idea of, of my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Um. 
it's not that there's not heavy burdens to be moved. Yeah. It, it's that you're not supposed to do them alone and in your own strength. And I think that can be our, our, our temptation to say, no, I'm carrying this. Right. Uh, Even like from moment to moment. Yeah. Like, you know, one, one moment you might be like totally relying on Jesus. And uh-huh. then like within 20 minutes, it's like, yeah, I have to do all of this. Like, you know yes and, and oh, I almost, right. jesus is there yeah and yeah. i almost oh, shoot. almost perhaps depending on your personality a little bit of like i kind of want to achieve this mm-hmm. and i want to be independent and, and all of those different elements oh um, yeah you know and i i actually had something come up around this area not long ago and i i was kind of muscling through something and i was reminded of jesus and paul and there's this moment where paul says god gave me a thorn in the flesh and he doesn't really, I mean, there's yeah. all like different, again, like the, the yoke idea, bunch of different commentary ideas about it, just exactly what that is. Right. But, but there was something there that made him reliant on God. Yeah. And, and it was this moment for me of like, oh, I've been trying to get rid of this thing uh, by myself. And in actual fact, maybe that's the reason it's there to actually help me realize I need a, a, a yoke with Jesus that enables us to do good things together. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I love that reminder that, that there's, pre- and perhaps rest is, do you happen to remember what the, did you look into any of the translation elements of what exactly, like why the word rest? Because um, it feels like rest is a, it can mean a couple of different things. Right. Um, and stopping is maybe our natural understanding of that. Right. Um, oh, Yes. At least as far as the English translations that I looked at, they're all the same thing. Yeah. That may or may not be because that's the best one. That may also be because that's what everyone's familiar with. Yeah, this totally. Passage. Yeah. Um I think the message is really the only one who really takes it in a slightly mm-hmm. different direction, but yeah. It still ultimately comes to the same thing. Yeah. Um and I mean Jesus is talking about rest in a way, just not necessarily the what our automatic association with it might be. Yeah, because there are things you can do that are restful. There's ways that you can do things that are restful and also the opposite. Mm -hmm. And yet we do tend to have this connotation in our minds that no, rest means stopping. Yeah. And and I think that, uh, I'm intrigued how you, you, because you said you felt like this was what our community needed to hear. Um, and, And perhaps like by extrapolation, what our society needs to hear. Oh, yeah. So, like, what is it that you see in our community and and, and in society in general that says, no, rest is a, an important word for us now? I think as far as our community, I, I wouldn't say that we're a church that um, requires you to have a a mask on of like no you have to pretend everything's Mm. like good or else Uh i think people are you know naturally very friendly and welcoming and tend to show up at least to church on a sunday i don't know if their best self is the right phrase but like at least a generally positive version of themselves which is great and fine and like yeah i think creates a genuinely welcoming environment for people but also, like, I know that there are a lot of people in our church community who are 
carrying very, very heavy things. Yeah, and you get to, I mean, your role naturally, you get to hear some of those stories, like when they're shared, but also right. just... But I don't, I don't even know everyone's yeah. story in our show. Like, there are so many people that I've just never talk to or talk to in depth to hear like oh and like mm. you're dealing with this and this person just died and mm. this person died 12 years ago but you're still carrying the weight yeah. of that and this person's sick and you're trying to support this and like you're making these decisions about do i pay rent or the water Man. bill or a car bill or all of these things and like regardless of how we present ourselves that that is a lot mm-hmm. to carry yeah. Um, whether or not I specifically know about them, mm-hmm. Jesus does. Yeah. The people experiencing them do. Yes. Um, what I also think is true of our community is that we do enjoy helping others. I think it's hard for people itself to ask for help themselves. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And I think I think a piece of what people needed to hear is that you don't have to shoulder everything mm-hmm. yourself. Um, whatever, you know, that next step looks like, whatever God might be asking you to do mm-hmm. with that. Like that's gonna be different depending on each person. Like yeah. What I'm carrying isn't what you're carrying, which isn't yeah. what, you know, anyone listening to is specifically carrying. Mm-hmm. We all have our own different stories and experiences and challenges mm-hmm. of the moment. Um, or decades or whatever. Yeah. But th- yeah, the encouragement that you don't just have to suck it up and mm-hmm. deal with it. Yeah. On your own. And I, I definitely feel that temptation. I mean, I think I shared in a sermon right before I went on vacation. I'm all, I, I'm terrible at asking for stuff. Um, and, and I've, you know, had seasons where I've either, you know, preached 14 out of 15 sermons because no one necessarily felt like they were in a good <laughs> position to, 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 to take that burden. And I think part of that is also I grew up with pastors who wonderful people and probably smarter than me in this respect. They would say, yeah, this is the week um, after Thanksgiving. I'm not preaching. I'm taking a rest. Mm-hmm. Who wants to do it? Right. Um, and, and we're very okay with, in their knowledge that, was it going to be the highest attendance week? <laughs> no. Was it like uh, was it like offering someone Easter Sunday? No. no. But they were okay with that. Uh, whether that was out of like, well, I earned this privilege, or whether I've done the bad weeks or the, the less right. popular weeks. But I remember getting to like that week between Christmas and, and there was New Year's Day was a Sunday and no one really seemed like they really wanted to do it. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, I can probably do it with the least impact on my week off than you know than anyone else can. Sure. So I was like, well, I'll do it um, and that'll be fine. Um, so like that, that tendency um, is definitely something I notice about myself as well there's also like, and, and I don't know if you and Elijah and, and Phoebe feel like you've hit this yet because Phoebe's still younger. Mm-hmm. There's also just what I sense with people in my time of life, which is kids pushing into that, mm-hmm. um, you know, extracurricular phase. There's just this like frenetic pace to modern life. Yeah. That this seems to speak into as well. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think we can't necessarily, we can't stop well, we can't rest well, we can't hand over our burdens to Jesus well, probably, if we don't have some idea in our own hearts mm-hmm. of why that's so hard for yeah. each of us to do. Like, it's one thing to just say, and I don't want you to hear us saying this. I don't want to say this in my sermon of just like, stop it. Yeah. Like, just, just do better. out of everything. Just be with Jesus. Yeah. Like, just do it. Yeah. Um, it's like, that's not super helpful. And then it's like, whenever I've heard someone be like, just be with Jesus. It's like, well, how? Yeah. Do, do I absolutely. have to go like hike a mountain? I don't like being outside. Is yeah. that the only way? That, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> nature yeah. is the only way. To, <laughs> right. To what happens if you hate that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if, if you don't understand your own temptations and like why you feel like you need mm-hmm. to just push through or say yes to all the things or, pull yourself up by the bootstraps or struggle in silence or whatever it is. Like, is anything really going to change? Are you going to be able to like make a meaningful shift? Like what would growth really look like if, if you don't understand the heart of it? Um, I think like partly for me, um, and I, I did get to the point last summer I was dealing with a chronic illness flare. Mm -hmm. I was very sick. Yeah. Um, probably actually sicker than I wanted to admit at the time. But I had a point where I like physically could not mm-hmm. do a lot of things. Like I did not literally did not have the energy to do it. Um so my husband took on a lot of that, which like bless him. Um that was really hard and he <laughs> did it. Um but what I realized in that was that was really hard, not just because of the physical like suffering mm-hmm. um, and questions around that, but I am a high, generally high capacity person. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of praise for being a high capacity yeah. person <laughs> for pretty much as long as I can remember. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, being able to do things quickly and fairly well and like juggle many, many, many yeah. things. Yeah. Without necessarily breaking down until like that point. Yeah. Um, and having to wrestle with, oh, like I want to carry all this because it feels like I should. I always have. And I've gotten all this affirmation of my identity as someone who can do all mm-hmm. this stuff and carry all these yes. things. And now I can't. And it's just me before Jesus. Yeah. And what do I do with that? Yeah. I don't like being here, but that's where I am. And I have like I have to wrestle with that. Yeah. Um and another realization at that point was part of the drive to do all the things was not just like the real responsibilities of like being a mom of a toddler who, you know, is not self-sufficient. Yeah. And like all the genuine care that she did and does need. Like the responsibility of being a good wife and pouring into yeah. marriage and um working here, which I genuinely love and enjoy. Yeah. Um and just other things of life that have to happen on some level, like, you know, car registration and grocery shopping, and like whatever. Car. And car registration here is both timely and time consuming and crazy expensive as well. It's very yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, All those details. Yeah, the things that just have to happen. But I also realized that part of the driving factor wasn't just like, well, you know, stuff has to happen. Life has to continue. Yeah. Um, it was the voices of my head of people who I may or may not have even like had a relationship with at that point, but whose expectations I was trying to outlive or outdo. Like the, the people who told me that you have to be a mom in a certain way, be a wife in a certain way. I shouldn't even be working at church. So therefore I need to excel at all the things. Yeah. Like, yeah, be, be the perfect homemaker and wife and mother to justify having a job and do that perfectly. Yeah. Um, which I should clarify. My mom listens to this podcast sometimes. My mom was not one of those voices <laughs> in my head that I was hearing. Um, I did not I feel it. like criticized Jessica's or judged mom, by my mom. Feel free I to you. not hold that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not you. Um, yeah, but that the driving factor of not just like my own identity and where I was placing it, but trying mm. to outpace other voices of who I should be. Yeah. That I didn't even want to oh, live up to those man. expectations, and I think but that, felt like I had to. Yeah, that, that like like somewhere there's this self-drive that is one thing, and then there's this like I, I I've said before, I think like doing my role, it's really easy to wrestle with imposter syndrome. Because you can't be good at everything. Right. And so it was really easy for me to look back at other things I'd done successfully and come up with reasons why that happened. Primarily reasons that it was somebody else Hmm. that had done it. And that one, either I I was going to fail this time or two, I was going to have to work doubly hard Hmm. to make up for the fact that this person wasn't there or this scenario wasn't in place or all those different things. Um. Like even coming to South following a successful pastor yeah, uh, was different because I'd actually done other roles where I'd gone and followed an unsuccessful pastor, a pastor who'd really seen decline or seen, you know, just found they weren't in a good fit. Again, not particularly criticizing them, just things weren't great. Um, so, so there's all those different things that come into play that can drive us. The society expectations, yeah. there's... Even just wanting your kids to have a great experience of life. like yeah. I, I want them to have these opportunities either because I didn't have them or because I had them and they mattered to me. Mm-hmm. And, and all of those things couple to just a, a, a restlessness. And, and I found when I got sick, uh, when I had a gallbladder emergency yeah. removal, yeah. I remember lying in the hospital bed and actually just saying, I don't have to do anything. This is no one expects me to do anything now. Yeah. Everyone's carrying stuff and they, they think that's right. They're <laughs> like, no, you stay there. Everybody's yeah. telling me the same thing. Uh, of course, no one tells you that in everyday life. It takes right, no. almost a crisis. And I, re- I remember Ruth Haley Barton saying, um, I think it was Ruth Haley Barton, said that if you can't find space for Sabbath and rest, um, then car accidents become your Sabbaths. Right. And sicknesses become your moments of rest. Right. The universe, God, whoever has a way of of, of saying, no, 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 we're going to get you to a point of, of you're on your knees yeah. and you're there's nowhere to go. You're not learning this lesson yourself. Therefore, yes. here's your space to learn this lesson. Yeah. And, and I wonder whether the, it's not just the Sabbath thing, as, yeah. as you talked about this week. It's how you do stuff in everyday life. Mm-hmm. 
and somewhere like actually getting to a point and maybe if you're, you're listening you struggle with this as well like knowing it doesn't all rest on you yeah um, being being willing to accept that it doesn't rest yeah. on you yeah and there might like be consequences to that there might be some things that just aren't gonna happen yeah because you can't make them happen and that has to be okay yeah Oh man. So if you were to give like a piece of advice to someone who's struggling with just either like they're trying to follow Jesus and it feels like it's not, not, I don't want to use the word not going well, but, but they're almost at a point of like, I don't know if this works. Um, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. I feel stuck. Yeah. Um, what would you, what would you say to them? I mean, I think my first question would be, what's your what's your definition of works Uh yeah what are you hoping for and asking for yes um because what might what you might be expecting jesus to do for you might not be what jesus is promising Mm -hmm. to do for you it might be what you're promising yourself jesus wants to do for you um yeah so making sure that's aligned Mm -hmm. i think also like there is a a fairly common dark night of the soul season where it may or may not feel like God is present. Yep. And it doesn't mean that he's not. Mm -hmm. It just means that like, you're not, you're not feeling great about your spiritual walk. And he might just be asking you to keep going until the clouds clear. Eventually. Yeah. Faithfulness. Continue. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, if, if we believe Jesus is who he says he is, if you believe Jesus is who he says he is, like it's worth it to keep going. Yeah. It absolutely. doesn't feel good. Um, <laughs> it doesn't feel it doesn't, good. No. But he's still present and looking yeah. for those moments where he's present. Yeah. Um, I think as far as just like every day, every day seeking his presence. I mean, asking him to show you every day if mm-hmm. you ask him to show up yeah he will it might not be in the specific way that you're really hoping that he will yeah. but he will um another practical thing there's a book called um every moment holy there's yes. actually two of them um it's a book of prayers the first volume is prayers like for just everyday it's like things. One's like while changing diapers, right? It's while like changing diapers, yeah. drinking a cup of coffee, um, starting a beloved book is yes. one. Um, My Lord of the Rings prayer. Right. There's there's one for a husband and wife at the beginning of the day, and one for the end of the oh, day. Wow. Um, going on vacation, like mm. all these things. There's actually one. Um, that was originally how I was going to end my sermon. Was trying to find a prayer from there. I couldn't find one that would work but i found one for before going on stage so i was praying i love that i went to preach um i need that for this week yeah the second volume is on like grief loss illness walking through really hard things um but yeah finding a copy of that or some version of that that really helps you be intentional with okay how is god working in this even using this Mm. that seems so mundane or dreaded or just ordinary and knowing that he's present yeah and working for my good my sanctification even 
in this thing. Yeah. I, I wonder for people listening, maybe as well, there's this beautiful correlation between the two elements of rest we've kind of touched on that, like actually making an effort to make Sabbath work. Mm. I think there's something about not doing Sabbath. And this probably began with an agricultural kind of lifestyle, but that belief, like if I just do another day, mm-hmm. I can eke out a little bit more. If I just gather a little bit more mana. Uh-huh, exactly. Little, yeah. I'll have more mana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it tends to change our attitude towards the other six days as well. Whereas mm-hmm. something about the practice of surrendering a Sabbath yeah. and saying, I'm not working. Yeah. That, that, that actually perhaps counterintuitively to us doesn't say, Oh, I've got to work harder the other six days now. Right. It actually says I've already chosen to know when to stop. Yeah. And I can do that other days as well. Yeah. God can carry the world with or without me uh-huh. doing all yeah. the things. And, and I actually, and and maybe not everyone can do this as easily as I did it, although I don't think it was easy. Um, I went to Sacred Heart down in Sedalia for a mm-hmm. couple of days, and it's a place of silence. And I was terrified because I talk a lot, and you know, my I, I struggle with a you know sort of an ADD personality. I'd flip from one thing to another, um, and it was amazing. And I remember thinking, okay, I've stopped. Now I've got to start again. Mm-hmm um i'm not like it's not the rest of continued to work continuing to work and and jesus partnership this is pure just stopping everything and i remember my reinitiation into life just being so much more relaxed about things than i than i was i was in the gas station and and to me that's a place of like i'm getting stuff done you know i'm I'm getting my car filled i want to get out and and it was one of those ones you had to go in to pay um and so i wandered in and then someone else tried to get in front of me in the line and something else happened to the machine stopped working i was like it's fine it doesn't matter like everything something about my decision to stop Mm -hmm. actually enabled me to to continue in rest which is just to me a fascinating correlation so so maybe if you're listening and you're like okay yeah yeah there's something here that just feels like this pace of life well, this way of doing life is not healthy. Yeah. Um, there's maybe a couple of options there of brave things to uh, to, to jump into. Um, well, thank you for joining me. Yeah. Um, as, and, and you're kind of as at home here now as I am. So yeah, I'm this is becoming your like chair. I love it. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> um, and everyone, thank you for listening. And of course, Aaron usually says subscribe and like and do all those things. And so today I get to do that. Um, Have a great week and we'll see you on Sunday or next week on the podcast. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks again for listening. And we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you. We'd love to interact with you about this. So feel free to leave comments, questions, all that sort of thing. And we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.